welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Still here then? Uh, just about, yeah, hanging on in there. Yeah. yeah. Right. I wish you'd teed me up for that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some football. Uh, so since we uh, last recorded, uh, Mansfield in the FA Cup, we were kind of talking about how, you know, you, you would expect Wednesday to win that game, maybe an opportunity to change a few things, and you would hope whatever side went out would be able to get a result, which is how it worked out, but it didn't necessarily always look like that. It definitely didn't. I thought they were very fortunate to not only get through, but um, <laughs> you know, at one point you're thinking, oh, it's going to be a replay, and, and that is not what Wednesday wanted to, to try and have to fit another game into the calendar. But Michael Smith, off the bench, did the business, and two identical goals, and... You have to credit, I think, Darren Moore as well, that he changed the formation and they went to 3-5-2. And as soon as Marvin Johnson went to left wing back, the difference it made to him was enormous and the freedom it gave and, and two assists for him, two goals for Smith. And yeah, Smith is still not firing on all cylinders. I know we'll come to Derby in a bit. Um, and you look at his goal return and he said himself, he, he's disappointed that I think it's only half a dozen he's got so far. And w that's what we're still waiting for. And the room for improvement for Wednesday is that we're waiting for a forward to really catch fire. Because right now, you have to say, they're not going to get a striker that's going to have, you know, who's going to score 20 goals. Right now, that doesn't look on the cards. But they might not need to. If they carry on mm. the way they're going, the goals being shared around the team, they'd be fine. Yeah, and that we talked about that last time, didn't we? And it's yeah, you know, it's it's all right as long as the goals do come, uh, where they come from, kind of kind of irrelevant. Um, but yeah, so I mean, was it a case of Mansfield being a, a little bit better than perhaps we expected? Because a cup game, you know, big big away clash in 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 this at this stage of the competition, being away at Wednesday is is one of the bigger games, isn't it? And they've brought a lot of fans, you know, probably the best fans that we've seen at Hillsborough this season, actually. So um, that that kind of, you know, fired them up a bit as well. I think having nearly 4,000 in the Leppings Lane end um, and seeing not just the upper tier, but the lower tier as well, you know, full and it made for great cup tight that you then had Mansfield, who were managed, of course, by you know, someone who's got Sheffield United connections not that long ago. They were they were right up for it. They were. And um, Wednesday, they didn't turn up and defensively, you know, you had Liam Palmer and Michael Hecker with a sense of back pairing and Mansfield could have scored two or three goals. It wouldn't have flattered them mm. if they'd led by two or three now at half time. It really wouldn't. And that's what came back to haunt them that they didn't take the chances. And then Wednesday with the quality that they've got come off the bench and Smith being the match winner on this occasion and, and the strength and depth we've talked about it all season that yeah. there's few teams in league one, let alone league two that have caught the resources that Wednesday have got to fall back on. But Mansfield missed a great chance last minute to equalise and take it to a replay when they blazed over from six or eight yards. And so, uh, yeah, that was a, it was one of those where the squad came to the fore for Wednesday and, and in the end they got the job done. Darren Moore isn't often 
particularly critical is he of his, his team. He's not that kind of manager. He doesn't do public post-mortems. Um, but I thought it was interesting what he said about um, the substitutions that he made. He didn't want to. He didn't yeah. want to make those substitutions. Probably the closest that he's come to criticising his players without him being kind of forced to to, to do it. Because that's quite telling comments when he's saying, well, I didn't want to have to do this, but I had to do it. He's more or less saying, well, they were rubbish. So I had, to, yeah, well, I had to bring on players that actually should have been having a rest. And the other thing to throw in there too, he, he talked about the fringe men. And so he changed the team around and he brought players in who haven't had a lot of game time. And the right-hand side in the first half for Wednesday, you know, we have to say that Jack Hunt, does not look the player that he was mm. five, six years ago. He looks like he's lost half a yard of pace, a little bit low on confidence. And um, he, you know, even if he was in tip-top form, I think he'd have a, a big job on his hands to get in the team ahead of Liam Palmer. Uh, and uh, um, Mowit Wilkes has been a major disappointment so far. You know, I, And I think maybe we overhype him too much. You know, when you look at, it was Wednesday chased him, they were desperate to bring him in. And they, you know they paid a decent size fee for him, and this club hasn't been doing that in the last few years. Mm-hmm. So big things were expected, and then you look at what he did at Hull when they got promoted a couple of years ago. He got twenty odd goals, um, but it's his attitude, it's his work rate. You have to question it all. Um, it, the greediness that he has sometimes in possession when there's players who are in better positions, but yet he wants to take a shot. And we've seen a couple of glimpses of what he can do. You know, he's he scored a couple of lovely goals, trademark Malik Wilt goals, where cutting on onto his left foot, twenty-five yards, curled it into the top corner. But he he consistently he's not performed, no. and um, I'm not right now. I wouldn't be hanging my hat on he's going to deliver in the second half of the season. I hope he proves me wrong. If he does, Wednesday will finish in the top two. I have no doubt. He he did come with a bit of baggage, didn't he? And and you know he he was someone that um, I, I don't want to say like had a certainly not a reputation, but it was known that you know he he's been in a spot of bother and stuff before. And you know we kind of thought about the fact that Darrymore um, isn't afraid to kind of take on a player who's a bit of a project. We've seen it outside uh, of Berahino. Yeah, that he there's has a few, aren't there? Work yeah. his magic on. Um, Maybe we've got to trust that that's happening at the moment because he's, he's he's not getting a, a, a consistent run in the team, is he? Um, so you know, maybe maybe Darren Moore does. Maybe there's a realization it's a bit more work than maybe he thought it was it was going to be, and he needs to hold him back a little bit while while working on on that. So I I wonder whether or not there's as good a chance that second half of the season we could see him kind of rejuvenated um, and and a, and a different side to him. I think there's just as much chance that Wednesday end up just sending him out on loan or something, and 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 that that his career never really kind of gets going. I, I can not predicting either of those things, but I can see them both as potential ways that this could now go with with um, him because he. I think when he arrived, there was there was a bit of a fanfare, wasn't there? You know, oh, yeah. it had been an ongoing saga for for a long time to the point where it had become an ongoing joke. I was at tram lines with Joe Cran, and every other person was asking if there were any Wilkes updates. Like it was just it had just become that ongoing that ongoing joke. But it when you arrived with expectations, yes, yeah, completely the same place. Um, but it, you, when you arrive with um, expectation. That can do sometimes funny things to a player, can't it? It can it can go one of two ways. I think we also have to say for balance that 
he's had his injury and fitness problems too. So he's not been able to string a number of games together. And he being an erratic winger, maybe, you know, I, I think you need five or six games. But the problem is that Wednesday are going for automatic promotion. In fact, no, they're not. They're going for the title. And so you, if players aren't producing and you've got other players waiting in the wings, then Mowat Wilkes comes out and you go with your bankers, you go with players that are doing the business and it's cutthroat. But that's the pressure Darren Moore and Sheffield Wednesday are, are under to get results. And so they, they can't afford to wait for players to turn up and start fulfilling their potential. We made it through anyway, uh, through into the third round. Newcastle. I called it. Draw. I called it. I thought I said, well, actually, I thought we'd get Newcastle away, but don't know why. That was feeling, what Michael Smith wanted. Michael Smith yeah. was desperate for that, but I think he was quite happy with, with the home tie in the end. Yeah, it'd be a big game, that, won't it? It's um, slightly later kickoff. It's on TV, isn't it? So that's um, that's going to be a really interesting um, one and not that far away now. It's just around the corner, isn't it? FA Cup third round, so that's, that's coming around soon. Um, off the back then of the... Um, of the magic of the cup, uh, it was back to league action, and it, and it was a, a a funny old weekend, wasn't it? Because we had some of the games were played on Friday night, Ipswich and Plymouth, yeah, yeah. So we went into the Derby game, obviously, which was an early kickoff as well. We went into that game on Saturday, knowing a win would actually move Wednesday top of the table, which just a few weeks ago would have felt perhaps a little bit unlikely that, you know, within a few weeks actually could be going top of the table. I think we talked about whether or not that top two were actually going to end up just a little bit too far out of reach and and, and, and obviously things have, have changed. So results went our way. Let's strip that back though and forget about it and say, right, you know, on the face of it, going to Derby and getting a point probably would not have been, we wouldn't have viewed that as a bad result it was only because of the you know missing out the opportunity to go top that it was kind of uh, what, what what should be treated as a as a good point was tinged with a bit of bit of disappointment before i say my piece on it when you step back and evaluate its overall do you think that's a point gained or that's two points dropped gosh um i didn't there was nothing about Derby that made me think, ah, oh, well, you know, they're they're a force to be reckoned with. I thought it was it was two teams playing out a pretty average nil nil draw. If you're going to get promoted, do you need to win those games? Probably. Two points dropped. Probably. So I my take would be that Derby seventh. They are showing signs of improvement under really good manager yep. at this level in Paul Warren. They've got some really handy individuals at this level, David McGoldrick, Connor Huron, James Collins. And, and we saw that on Saturday. Uh, and so if you'd asked me going into it, would you take a point at Derby? I absolutely would have done. And, and you've also got to factor in, it's a bogey ground for yeah. Sheffield Wednesday. One win ever at Pride Park in 2006. They've got an, a horrendous record. Do you think that matters, though? Do you think players even give no, that a No, no, of course thought? you don't. No, and, and, and also, we, to be fair to this team under Darren Moore, what have they done in the last 18 months? They've been breaking records. Yeah. They've been... You know, those hoodoos that we've been going on about, they've been going and eating away at those bit by bit, and you have to take your hat off to them for that. But with Derby, yeah, you, you look and you think, 
it would have been amazing psychologically if Wednesday had gone there and got a win and gone top of the table. I don't think they've been top of the table so far this season, James. People might be listening to it and screaming at us going, well, maybe they have been once, but they certainly haven't been for months. And so, yeah, to, to then go into, say, mid-December, it would have been lovely. To, but then I like Wednesday not being the hunted. They are doing the hunting. I, mm. I quite like that... The, the people talking more from the outside, it seems to me, about Plymouth and Ipswich. So I sort of think, let Wednesday carry on going underneath the radar for as long as possible. And then Wednesday, I, I really do expect this squad with some more reinforcements in January, and we're, and we're going to come to that in a bit as well, there's going to have to be, then I, I think they're going to be in great shape. And I expect them to be so strong in the second half of the season. Obviously, after uh, your big announcement that you were moving on from uh, covering Wednesday and Mansfield being your last game, uh, you went to Derby. Yeah. Of course, obviously. Um, so, uh, yeah, what um, I, I watched most of it and didn't think Derby would... T- Derby probably had the better chances. Uh, and, you know, if they had have sneaked to 1-0, it probably wouldn't have been a surprise because there were, there were chances there that probably... But yeah, maybe on another day, you, you'd expect the team to be putting away... Wednesday looked a little bit disjointed, never really kind of got going. There wasn't much of a flow there. Um, you mentioned Michael Smith earlier. J- j- nothing particularly seemed to be sticking, did it? It just wasn't wasn't right. really Wednesday's day, rather than I didn't watch anything. Well, that was a terrible performance. Well, the big curveball that Darren Moore threw in with the selection for me was playing Alex Mighton up front mm. alongside Michael Smith instead of Callum Patterson and Maui Wilkes, who were both on the bench. I, I must admit, that's one of the few times this season, James, where I've looked at the bench and thought it was quite weak and the injuries have finally caught up a little bit with Wednesday. No Gregory, no Windass. We know there's no Hedigan or Hequa, but with about five, six players missing, it's, you know, yes, there were still senior first-team players on the bench. There were no kids, but I did look at it and think, how is Darren Moore going to change this? If they'd gone behind... All we had to throw on, attacking-wise, was were Cowan Patterson and Maui Wilkes. And I said this on Radio Sheffield after the match. I said, Cowan Patterson is not going to fire you to promotion. And Maui Wilkes hasn't performed since joining Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, um, I, I, I sort of came away and thought, is it, they've got a clean sheet, a third successive clean sheet. Yep. That's 11 now for David Stockdale this season. He's going to smash the club record clean sheet record I've no doubt not even halfway through the season Mm. he's already got 11 in 20 Wednesday've lost three games in the league three games right and so you know you saw such a mixed reaction on social media afterwards and I'm thinking that's one of the tougher away games they've now got out of the way and okay I really need to see them beat we all need to see them beat a top eight or a top 10 team. They've only done it once, I think, so far this season. Was it Bolton away? That, of course, they've got to change that. But they're still in a really good, healthy, strong position. It's uh, We're getting towards time of the year, you know, Christmas, New Year period, uh, traditionally busy with games. But it's also that time of the year, isn't it, where things just start to take a little bit of shape. And um, we're getting towards that point where games become potential banana skins because it is a race for promotion now and I think once you get into like you know the festive 
season, then it's it's kind of full steam ahead. Losing a game does not mean that your season's dead and buried, but games do become banana skins. We normally talk about games coming up towards the, the, the end, but let's talk about them now because the, the, the next couple of games for Wednesday, away at Exeter, at home to Oxford, both those are teams that are lingering around mid-table, not, not really doing anything, probably unlikely either of them to make a push for the playoffs, probably unlikely to get dragged into a battle at the bottom of the table. So they're games that for me now look like, well, they're the potential banana skins, aren't they? Because... Realistically, if you're going to get promoted, you, you, you'd want to be winning both those. Going away to Exeter is never going to be easy. It's a long, long trip, isn't it? Um, four points wouldn't be the end of the world, but really you kind of want to be getting maximum points from both those. So that that's where we're getting to now, isn't it? Where games now become banana skins and we saw uh, both you know Plymouth and um, Ipswich fall at those games now that start to become right. Well, if you do slip up, there is someone waiting. If Wednesday do sneak ahead, as you said earlier, then again, slip up, there's going to be someone else waiting, be it Ipswich, be it Plymouth, someone else might enter the fray, we don't know yet, there's still time, isn't there? So, um, yeah, I think that it's it's now that point where we need that consistency from, um, from Wednesday and that professionalism to get the job done that we've seen lots of this season. We've seen more of it than we've not seen of it, if that makes sense. Uh, but, but those those games like the majority of the Mansfield game where it's like just not not really at the races not really turned up they become quite dangerous I think when you're going away to Exeter and then you've got Oxford I mean Oxford do the double over Wednesday last season they did yeah the you know they're, they're it's just you know, but banana skin's the only phrase I can think of to describe it you see I was happy with the point at Derby but then that's only a good point for me if Wednesday go to Exeter and get a win and and you, you know you look at these two away games in isolation, and if you're gonna finish in the top two, you would say that the minimum requirement is four points, and and it does put pressure on you know, the exit to one. And you look at it, you know they're under newish management. That um, they score a lot of goals, Exeter, and that, you know it's defensively where Wednesday I believe can get a lot of joy, and they show more attacking ambition I've got no doubt about that at Exeter than what they did at Derby um, and there were too many players particularly in midfield you know Barry Bannon didn't have his best game against Derby um, Fizeo Delibashiru was better in the second half could have scored had, had Wednesday's best chance but he wasn't at the races in the first half and Will Vokes was, was okay um, and Wednesday need more players at Exeter, and then when Oxford come to town, delivering seven, eight out of tens. That's what we need. And then if they do that, um, you know, who knows? You know, Wednesday, get two wins, go into Christmas, top of the table. Wouldn't that be great? It's weird, isn't it, thinking... You traditionally say if you win your home games and draw your away games, that's two two points per game, you, you're going to go up, aren't you? You'd expect to do. You know, I think if Wednesday win all their home games and draw their away games for the rest of the season still might not be enough like it's going to be that tight this season like it, it's you know we, we know there's those two other teams there we've seen a little bit of a slip up but generally pretty consistent win after win matching and 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 you know pretty much outdoing what Wednesday have been um doing so you're right you know you you would normally say actually going to Exeter and getting a draw wouldn't be a terrible result but some of those away draws have got to become away wins in order to do the leapfrogging that's got to be done. Yeah, definitely. And um, I, I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago when we recorded a pod, Plymouth would have been 
seven to maybe 10 points ahead of Wednesday. So it goes to show that they have slipped up and have dropped points, losing a home to Paul Vale. You know, who would have predicted that after? I think they've won nine in a row at home. Crazy. You know, like that is where football is amazing of where, you know, you look at it and it's coupon busters and you think that, oh, there's no chance, you've got no chance that Paul Vale are going to go to Plymouth and you've got such a big smile on your face. <laughs> I've not heard like, anyone use that phrase since like my dad in... 1985. Look, I've just I've just given you the episode title. For so, the coupon um, busters. <laughs> for, for the benefit of uh, perhaps younger listeners, coupon busters was when people used to play the pool <laughs> and uh, you'd have to predict the outcome of um, of games and, and you'd get... Um, uh, you get well. You wouldn't actually predict the outcome of games, would it? You'd you'd you'd, go, you'd guess the games that would end up in score draws. That's what you, that's what you were looking for. Is getting score draws. Are you thinking our demographic points. on the pod? Uh, you know, like the the, the kids of the, today, they just wouldn't know. Do you think you anyone know, under thirty would have a clue what the pools? Are? Can you still play the pools? Is that still a thing? Can't be a thing, can it? Everyone's <laughs> everyone's using their apps to to bet and all that stuff, aren't they? Coupon busters, right? Okay, well that's um, that's interesting. Uh, let's move on. Um, so um, the I think the technical phrase to describe this is the transfer window is about to swing open uh, before it slams shut at the end of uh, January. The rumor mill is 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 starting to an extent. So what we're about two three weeks away aren't we, from from transfer window. Um, uh, opening and this is the weird one because you do get kind of talks of deals and uh, there are already clubs in fact Celtic seems to have announced about five transfers already this week of, of players that are joining them on the 1st of, uh, of January um, and um, well speaking not of uh, Celtic but of another Scottish club so um, rumours of Callum Patterson linked with a return to his old club Hearts Hearts um, and where he more did he start his career there? He, did, he yeah. certainly played there in his younger years and it was the same manager who's back there now that he played under there. His um Wednesday career is at a it's at a certain place, isn't it? And and this is not to say that Callum Patterson is past it or anything like that, but feels like a player that you wouldn't necessarily say is part of the future now looking forward. And I'm I'm trying to say this in a way that sounds respectful because um he's he's a good footballer he's still got something to give he scored goals this season hasn't he um but it on the face of it would seem a good move perhaps for all parties it, it would but only if wednesday i think got another forward in themselves yeah right they don't want to leave themselves short and you're still looking at josh windass there is every chance he may pick up another injury between now and the end of the season. I, I think you, you do have to question Josh Windass's ability to play three games in a week. I think Wednesday have to carefully manage him. And, and I would also say the same about Lee Gregory, with Lee Gregory being 34 now. And so Lee Gregory... I think it's quite clear Darren Moore has identified him and looked at him that if he plays on a Saturday and Wednesday, they've got a quick turnaround of games on a Tuesday or Wednesday, that Lee Gregory probably won't start that and that he'd save him for the following Saturday. And so I, I look at it with Wednesday and the attacking firepower right now, I think they have to bring another forward in. And so I would only be letting Callum Patterson go if Wednesday've got somebody lined up. And I know I think Wednesday's starting to get linked with one or two attacking players. And um, it, it's in attack, 
and in defence, you know, those are the two areas for me that Wednesday have to look at strengthening. Yeah, we, well, we need to talk about defence, don't we? Because um, it, it, it has become the problem area. There was a point earlier on the season when I was like, just collecting defenders and like it seems a bit you know if you're going to play three at the back maybe you, you kind of need quite a few but kind of like well at least when we have our injury crisis we'll be fine um, and uh, of course it's come to play and we're kind of not fine actually are we? because it's, it is bare bones again defensively um, and the, uh, the the look is not going in our way it definitely isn't. And, you know, Ihequa being out for a couple of months, um, potentially, that is a body blow. You know, that, that is a, a, a guy that not only is he a serial promotion winner out of League One, but he's Mr. Reliable. And we've already seen that he can play on the right side of a back three, the left or in the middle or play in a back four. That versatility, Darren Moore absolutely loves, as we know. And Ihequa being out it is not something that Wednesday really needed in their situation. And you you then have to look at it and go, Mark McGuinness, who has been outstanding, yep. could be recalled in January. Reese James, who again I think's been another really shrewd addition, could go back to Blackpool in January should they you know recall him. I think that one is less likely than McGuinness. You know, I, I, if you Cardiff, I don't know how you can ignore his form, and like he he looks too good for League One. That's what he is. To be honest with you, I'd go as far as to say he's one of the best centre halves I've seen play for Wednesday in the last decade. Right. That I've been watching Wednesday, and that I could see him going back to Cardiff if not this season, next season, doing really well. And he'd be a Premier League player within the next 18 months to two years. That's how highly I rate him. I just think he's got the lot. So, yeah, we're talking doomsday scenario here of if McGuinness and James go back, they're really threadbare then defensively to play with a back three. And I still think that in the big games and when it comes to the crunch, that's what Darren Moore is going to go back to. Yes, I know that he switched and changed formations sometimes, get from game to game. But Wednesday, they're struggling for personnel there. And I even looked at it for the Derby game, James, and thought I wouldn't want Liam Palmer and Reese James being in my back three for too long. Mm. Um, as Liam Palmer is better at wing back than he is at centre half. And really, I think Reese James wants to play left wing back rather than play left centre-half, but he's done well there. So, yeah, Wednesday, they have to bring in at least one centre-back, possibly two. I will throw this in, though. Akin Fumewo, he's back. He's now played a couple of under-21s games. He was in action against Huddersfield earlier this week, came through that unscathed. So they've got one player back, but yeah, they need five or six options, and right now they haven't got that. It, it, it makes you wonder whether or not it adds to your argument in terms of uh, keeping Callum Patterson around the place because we very rarely deployed him at, at, at centre-back. I can only think of maybe one or two times where he's ended up playing there. But he can. He's, he has played that position um, uh, for, for a time in his career. He played it quite regularly, didn't he? As well as playing full. I mean, he's played pretty much everywhere, hasn't yeah. he? He's played all over the all over the park. Um, but he's he's kind of like your insurance policy, isn't he? He's he's the player that you think what a good player to have on the bench if you can literally send him on in pretty much any position. But there's a trade off because when you can play in any 
position, you, you, you know, jack of all trades, master of none and all that kind of stuff. So there is a bit of a trade-off there um, and it does need some strengthening and that risk of players who are on loan going back is is a is a worry. There's been a lot of social media talk about Mark McGuinness and, and whether or not there could be a, 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 a move to try and bring him in on a permanent. From what you're saying, that makes it sound like you think that that's kind of pie in the sky. I think there's no chance of that whatsoever. I think the best... There you go. You heard it. It's, it's guaranteed to happen now. I, honestly, I'd love nothing no more chance. than to be wrong again for Could be a coupon buster, Could be oh, a hey, coupon. Very good, mate. Very good. I think, no, for me, McGuinness in the modern market, because of his age, he's worth millions. Yeah. he's worth, And also, he's contracted to Cardiff, I think, until 2025. They're not going to sell. His value is only going up. The longer he's at Sheffield Wednesday, the more games he's playing, the better he's doing. Uh, then I, I, you know, they're not gonna. I, you know, the only realistic way Wednesday could afford to buy Mark McGuinness is if they get promoted next summer, and then it turns into a, you know, what they did with say a Mikel Antonio. That's the, that's the only chance they've got for me. And that if Cardiff are hell bent on saying he's not part of our plans, you can have him, but they still want good money for him, yeah. and and I don't see Wednesday spending millions. Yeah, yeah, even if they get promoted, they should be looking at the more sustainable route. Yeah, has to not be true. Go, not going back to what the you know, what got them in this mess in the first place. Absolutely, um, I was thinking that way you were saying it. So many similarities with um, Danny Bart, who's on yes. from Wolves yeah. during the last uh, League One promotion season, and uh, I uh, my memory is is not what it once. In fact, it was always it's always been crap. So that that doesn't even stand. But um, I'm sure that there was some some worries about whether or not he'd get recalled to go back to Wolves because I think they were in trouble in the Premier League. Um, and oh, were they getting promoted? I can't remember. But anyway, um, then. Um, yeah, so there were worries that he might be recalled and then stayed for the second half of the season and then it was all about whether or not we could buy him and he became another one of those yeah. Ben Marshall types where every time he was without a club he was being linked with um, linked with um, Wednesday and ended up going, I can't remember where he, where, where he ended up going. Where did he end, go in? But, I think he stayed at Wolves, didn't he, for a number of years. He might yeah, no, but he's somewhere he went now. Stoke he? He went as well. Stoke yeah. Stoke no, he's at Sunderland now. Sunderland, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah so Wednesday were in for him in the, in the summer transfer window, just yeah, gone to yeah, try yeah. to sign him, of course. So. Could be available on loan I, I no, doubt no, no, it he's just playing regularly going, for Sunderland during the top you know. 10 of the championship so we can dream just quickly before we uh, wrap things uh, up what else has been happening this week oh so a uh, bit of talk about a um, couple of um, younger players who are in talks about first pro deal as well yeah so there's Rio Shipston who I would say is who seems to be all over social media he's, it, he's whoever he's got doing that is doing a very good job well it's probably Mr Cran I would have thought actually <laughs> you know, I hope he's getting a cut of uh, being his agent really um yeah, no, I think you have to say that, yeah, you know, Shipston is the one that's the great big hope and, and you know, Darren Moore thinks a lot of him. I think he was on the bench for the Mansfield game or was it the game before? But yeah, he's been part of the, the first team sort of set up training regularly with them. But you've then also got a few others. You've got Sean Fajir who can, is, can play right back, right wing. He's athletic, quick. He's got a lot of good qualities. Uh, but yeah, Shipston, I would say right now, you've got, of, of the academy lads, he's the one I think that's that's the closest to knocking on the door of the first team. But, but it's difficult when there's so many midfielders that Wednesday've got and you know Wednesday've got George Byers that shouldn't be too far away from coming back and Dennis Adeneran 
stepped up his recovery yeah, too, yeah. playing against Huddersfield. So Adena and, and Byers, you've then got six midfielders and then Shipston. So it feels, it reminds me a little bit of George Hurst, um, that scenario of when Wednesday had too many strikers. Well, Wednesday now got a lot of central midfielders and so it's sort of blocking the pathway for the academy players. So the best thing for Shipston to do would be, you know, from Wednesday perspective, is sign a pro deal and then loan him out, I think, yep. in January so he can get the games. There's a few shades of um, Alex Hunt as well, isn't yes. there, in terms of the fact that how close... And they didn't loan him the... out soon enough. You know, yeah, like no, Alex Hunt had gone out well. earlier for loan, at least, I think, 12 months earlier than what yeah. he did. Okay. So, yeah, they don't want to do that with the Shipston or David Agbon to home. There's a few there that they need to get more of them out. I mean, they did, to be fair to them, they sent um, two youngsters to Belper, didn't they? Jay, Jay Glover um, and uh, Paolo Aguas the other day. So... They've got five players out on loan. So that's, I actually think that's again encouraging for Wednesday in the future. That start to loan more youngsters out. That's something that they should have been doing more of in the last few years and they haven't done, but they're starting to do it. Uh, that's going to wrap us up then for uh, for this episode of Singing the Blues. Um, as ever, big thank you to our partners at Taito Law Solicitors, specialists in wills, trusts and probate. Um, and if you want to find out more about Ollie and what he does, then head to titolaw.co.uk. On Twitter, Dom is at Domhausen. I'm at James Marriott. The show is at Dom and James. Uh, you can find all those links and other links as well on our website and in the show notes for this episode. Episode. Thank you for listening. Up the owls, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>